0: Well, hi, everybody. I want to start with a couple stories. Uh, first one is about a lady named uh, Osceola. We have a street in Denver called Osceola. Osceola McCarthy. McCarty. Osceola McCarthy uh, worked all of her life. And what she did as a job was she washed and she ironed other people's clothes. That's what she did. She was a laundress. She washed and she ironed other people's clothes. She did not earn much money. But she always saved her money. She had one regret, and that one regret was that she was never able to go to school, to higher education, to college. She always wanted to, but she had to start working at a young age to help support her her family, and uh, she didn't get to do that. She had to quit school, actually. In 1995, at the age of 87... She did an amazing thing. She gave the University of Southern Mississippi, in her hometown, $150,000 so that other kids who couldn't afford to go to college might be able to afford it like she had not. There was actually a children's book illustrated by an artist named Daniel Minter, that tells the story of Osceola McCarty, a woman who loved the Lord and who loved to give what the Lord gave her. There's also a true story of R.G. Laturno. He was an entrepreneur. He actually loved big, giant machines that could move earth. He was a businessman, entrepreneur, and used his amazing business skills and his creativity to further the missionary work of the Great Commission and the cultural mandate to cultivate both the natural world and the dignity of human beings who are created in the image of God. I mean, that's pretty broad, right? We're talking gospel, we're talking humanitarian relief. Here's the deal about Letourneau. He tithed to himself. He tithed to himself. That means he gave 10% of everything he earned to himself, and he gave the other 90% away. He established a liberal arts college, Letourneau College, a technical college, as well as making significant contributions to the Christian Missionary Alliance. He began Christian businessmen's clubs around the country. Especially helpful was his discussion of how to be a gospel witness to your fellow employees. And he didn't do this by instituting some kind of mandatory chapel program or to only hire Christians, but rather he wanted to promote Jesus by exhibiting a Christian work ethic at every level of the operation. He was known to say, in that kind of atmosphere, your toughest roughneck is very apt to find Christ himself, and then you've got something. We live, you are born and bred in a culture that is extremely materialistic. You all know that. We are in the Babylon of our time. We waste money, we waste stuff, we waste time like no other civilization in the history of the world. I don't know if you know this, but just the fact that you have free time is unique in the history of civilization. That you have free time, not being of the upper 1%. What is it about Letourneau and McCarty that's the same? Well, obviously they both love Jesus. That's great. But I think more than that, they had... Their minds aligned with the Lord's mind when it came to finances. And this is why they saw everything as belonging to God. Everything, everything is belonging to God. They echoed what King Solomon, who was a very, very rich man, what he said in First Chronicles 29 /11 when he dedicated the temple. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted and you are the head over all. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from your hand, and we have only given you what comes from your hand. So Solomon understood the same thing that Laterno and McCarty understood is that God is the owner, and we are the owers. God is the owner of everything, and we are the owers of everything. Everything I think I own, I owe to God. So what I want to propose to you today is not a theology of giving. Because some of you are thinking, he's going to be talking about giving. Rather, I want you to hear me say, you need a theology of receiving first. If you don't have a proper theology of receiving first, you're not going to have a proper theology of money in general. The Bible's got a lot to say about money. Almost half of Jesus' parables dealt with money of some kind or another. And Jesus himself said, In Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also, said Jesus. So you want to find out where your heart is? You want to find out what's really going on inside of here? Follow the money, folks. Follow the money, and you will know what's going on in here. The best way to find out what's going on in your heart is to see what you do with your money. Because here's the deal. The last part of Jesus that we give to ourselves is our wallet. I've pastored young people for a long time. And I know that if I want to find out how they're doing with Jesus, one of the quickest ways for me to do that is to go out to coffee or go out to lunch and ask them about their love lives. Because when I find out what's going on with your relationships, I know how much of an impact Jesus has on your life. But here's the truth. If I want to find out really what's going on at the very core, all i got to do is ask you how you spend your money. Some of you spend thousands of dollars every year Going out to eat with your friends, drinking beer with your friends, drinking Cokes with your friends, having frozen yogurt with your friends. Thousands of dollars a year. People, it's easy to spend a hundred bucks a week if you're going out to, for meals all the time. Easy. I was talking to uh, one of the staff workers. Uh, and she was talking with somebody, at I don't know who this person is, but he was amazed how much money he could save by cooking meals at home. Because he had grown up in a home where mom worked. I don't know if dad was around or if dad worked too, but I mean, they wanted to eat a lot. Because people got home, they were tired, it was easier just to go out to eat or to pick something up or bring it home had no idea you could save a lot of money by eating it. Because here's the deal. Everything that you have belongs to God. Every penny in your pocket belongs to God. And the question is, how does God want you to spend his money? I'm talking about getting our hearts lined up with God's. I'm talking about becoming in sync with the Holy Spirit when it comes to our thoughts about money. Some of you have spent thousands of dollars on musical equipment for good reason. You're musicians. What's that joke? A musician is someone who takes thousands of dollars worth of instruments thousands of dollars worth of amplification equipment and accessories and throws them in a car that's worth like 50 bucks to go to a gig and make 25. Some of you have spent money you don't have on computers, on even coffee. I mean, what's one of those fancy drinks at Starbucks or at any one of the many mom-and-pop coffee shops cost now? It costs like four to five bucks for some of those frou-frou drinks, doesn't it? And I can sit in the uh, coffee shop near East High School, and I will see high school kids come in week after week, day after day, buying that for lunch. I mean. Don't even get me started on the nutritional aspects of that whole thing. This in comparison to how much we give to the poor, to the needy, to those in distress, to the sick, to the homeless, to mission organizations, the missionaries, to your home church. I mean, compare those two things. Now, I want you to know I'm not saying this to get any money out of you for scum of the earth. That is not my primary purpose here. It might be a secondary or tertiary Purpose, but it certainly isn't the primary purpose. but the primary purpose is I'm a pastor I'm, I'm worried about your relationship with God. I really am because I know that where your treasure is, there is your heart also and is your heart with the things of God? I mean it doesn't matter here whether you're in high school. College, graduate school, or in your first job. It doesn't matter. Because if you cannot take some of your money and align it with what God wants done with money when you're making a hundred bucks a month, how do you expect to do something like that when you're making ten thousand dollars a month? The person who is faithful with little is the person who will be faithful with much. And just so you know, too, historically, what I make does not come from the offering bucket. For the first seven or eight years of Scum of the Earth Church, I received zero from the offering bucket. And then the church council, which I had formed in order to give away some of my authority, voted against me and made me take part of my salary from the church offering. They said, and I quote, Mike, we cannot afford not to give you something. Because I was saying we can't afford it. We can't afford to give me anything. So less than half of what I make comes from the offering. And every other staff person has to raise their own support like a missionary. Scum of the earth benefits from the largesse, from the generosity, from other people who have their priorities lined up with God's priorities. They're foregoing dinners out. They're foregoing extra special vacations to help support Scum of the earth church. What comes uh, from the offering buckets goes to largely, you know, help pay for the lights, the ministries, uh, the heat, those kinds of things, just so you know. About a decade ago, I did some uh, research on this, and I think the numbers have gone down since then. I didn't bother to look them up again um, for this sermon, but in 2000, the year 2000, the average church donor in America contributed about $649 a year to his or her own own home church, $649 a year. Nearly one quarter of all born-again Christians gave no money to a church that year. And the average person who gives 10% of what they make to the church goes down every year. As the builder generation, the World War II generation dies off, the uh, work of God is compromised year after year around the globe. Because they're the ones who know how to sacrifice, and they were doing a lot of the giving The boomer generation, my generation, Gen X and the millennials, whatever you want to call them, Gen Y, coming up, we don't hold a candle to those folks. They were amazing givers. Here's a weird statistic that I worked out This morning. The average Scum of the Earth church attendee is $8.71 per Sunday. That's an average for the last three months. $8.71 a week from each person. We're not making our budget... At that rate, here's the even scarier news. We understand our congregation. The council has set a budget. If each person on the average gave $10 a week, we would be exceeding our budget from offering. Exceeding it. I am not at all promoting a health and wealth gospel. If I had to summarize my feelings about giving, it would be Proverbs chapter 30, verses 7 through 9, should be up there on the wall. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread, otherwise I may have too much and disown you, and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor your name. Here's the first part of that verse. There is danger in having too little money. The danger is that you would dishonor God. Poverty drags people down. It erodes people. I mean, there are people that I know, maybe you know, who can tell you a story about how their families were dirt poor and then through hard work and a couple good breaks, they finally made it. But for every one of those stories... If you're in touch with the hurting people of this city, you will hear lots of other stories about people who had to send children to live with relatives because they couldn't afford to feed them, about people who had to